Good morning. Welcome to church. We're glad that you're here. Are you glad to be here? Part of you is glad to be here. What about the rest of you? You glad to be here? Praise God today. All right. All right. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad that you're here again. If you're a guest, it's our honor that that you are that you are here. North Star is a very, very special place. It's a place where everybody's welcome, and I'm talking about nobody's perfect. I'm changing it up a little bit. And just about anything is possible? No. Anything is possible with God. Amen? The Bible says with God, all things are possible. So North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and say it with me, anything is possible. We welcome those that are joining us online, and our Tupelo campus is doing the same thing that we're doing today, and we're excited about what God is going to do. Before I, I introduce the people that will be coming out, I want to tell you something that's coming up, or remind you about something that's coming up. On May the 28th, from 5 to 7, at Ballard Park on the east side by the museum and the, and the, and the um, playground. We're going to have a church-wide gathering. We call it Fellowship in the Park. Yeah, I like how I said that. Fellowship in the Park. We had, it, we had one, we've had several, but we had one last year at Ballard. It was really hot. It was in August, August 6th to be exact. And... We chose a different date on purpose. We've got four food trucks. How awesome is that? Five bucks each. Wow. Uh, it doesn't cost anything to come to the fellowship, so you don't have to eat. But if you want to eat, bring five bucks, and it's going to be great, great fun, great food. We're going to have games, long games, music, and uh, bouncy things, you know, the things that uh, kids bounce around in. It's going to be fun. Don't miss it. No school on Monday, so that's cool. And we're going to have a great time gathering at Ballard Park. All right. Uh, one other thing. I usually don't announce a series this far in advance, but I just want you to be praying about a series that I'm working on that is coming up in just a few weeks. It's called A Life following Jesus. And I'm telling you something. God, as I'm working on these messages and getting the direction from God, God is doing a, a number on me. He's, he's, he's working in and through me on this. And so I'll be praying about that. That's coming up, and I'm really excited about it, or I wouldn't be talking about it. Amen? All right. Well, we've had a wonderful time of worship through singing, and now I want to introduce... Uh, one of our campus, our campus pastor at South Tillo, uh, and he's going to uh, make some other in introductions. So, without any further ado, that sounds so professional, and I'm so country, so it doesn't, without any f other wasted time, welcome Troy Comer, our campus pastor. I like that. That needs to happen in everybody's life. I just want to say that. This morning, we're going to do something very different. And we're going to talk to three mothers. 
and because today is Mother's Day. And so we've got some questions, and we're going to go back and forth about some things. And so I hope you guys are excited about this. I hope you guys are ready for this. When we were getting this together, I said, you know, we need to pick three mothers that are not perfect at all. And these ladies were the first ones that came to my mind when we decided to do this. And so, uh, hey, listen, uh, they're just going to come speak from their heart. They're not perfect. They're just three women that are seeking after God and their mothers. And so uh, without wasting any more time, as Pastor T said, ladies, come on out. And I want to introduce our panel to you this morning. Jessica Graves, y'all give her a hand. Robin Bell and Miss Whitney Howell. You guys give them a hand. So uh, as we kind of get ready to dig in here, uh, I just want to share something with you uh, real quick. Out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 and 7, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And man, that scripture just says a lot to me about what it means to be a parent and that the small moments and nuggets of time that we have with our children, what we should be investing in them. And so I want to pray real quick as we get ready to start. And then, man, we're just going to let God do some amazing things. And we're going to talk about uh, biblical missional motherhood. And let me share a definition with you real quick on biblical uh, motherhood definition. The call of making disciples through the transmission of a God-centered, Christ-treasuring life to your children. The biblical mother rejects false worth and finds her identity in Christ, lives courageously, nurtures her family, and models the kingdom of Jesus here on earth. And so as we try to represent that today and bring honor and glory to Jesus through this panel time, uh, let's pray and ask God to bless our time together. Father God, right now I pray for those in this room, but God, I pray for us here on this stage as we get ready to just share uh, what you have laid on our hearts, and God, pray that you will receive the glory and the honor for it. And Father, for those who are here that need to hear from you, God, I pray that you will reveal yourself to them this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so we're fixing to get started with some questions, and so Right out of the bat, I've got a very, we're going, we're going hard question number one, okay? All right, are you ready for this? What is the craziest thing your child ever did? Just somebody start. I'm going to speak on Jamil. When he was about two, he was my little monkey climber. Uh, he liked to climb on everything, out of everything, into everything. And I left him in his playpen to go to the bathroom for a minute or two. And when I came back, he was gone. I couldn't find him. I panicked for a minute, and I walked through the kitchen. And he had climbed into the kitchen sink and was trying to shampoo his hair. <laughs> My craziest time is when I had, um, I was babysitting. So just forewarning y'all, if y'all need a babysitter, my house is might, might not be the best place, but anyway, um, Sophie 
was about four at the time and decided she wanted to cut the little girl's hair. Um, the hair had never been cut before. Of course, she was three, and it was getting long and beautiful and had those baby curls, but she cut them off. So that was not very fun to have to explain to the parent. Um, ours is a little bit different. It's very dangerous, so please, teenagers, don't try this at home. But um, our oldest son, I had a half day at school, and um, I was going to let him stay by himself at home alone. Well, he decided that he was going to do, um, I don't know, Ninja Warrior stuff. So he moved the uh, ladder to the house and then put the trampoline right beside the ladder. So he climbed up to the house, jumped onto the trampoline, and then bounced off that into the swimming pool. He even invited some friends over to join him. So we got lots of phone calls um, during the day when that was happening. <laughs> that would be an awesome story if she was like, and today he is a stuntman from Hollywood. But, uh, well, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Robin, kind of getting more serious in what we're doing here. Um, Robin, what is the biggest challenge to raising kingdom-minded kids? I think the biggest challenge for us was struggling with peer pressure. Um, as a small, as small children, we have three boys, as small children, um, we struggled with peer pressure because they wanted to do what the other, what some of their friends were doing. Um, one of the things was watching things on TV that I didn't want them to watch or movies. Another thing was skipping church and, um, some, some of their friends didn't go and that was one thing that we always did. Um, and then as they got older, it became other things, the, the normal teenage um, peer pressure things that you think of. So um, that's one of the things that we struggled with, probably our, our main struggle, our biggest struggle. Yeah. Anybody else got anything you want to share on that? Good. Society. Society just is, it expects our kids to be... Um, to go with whatever other kids are doing. And it, it's really hard to try to mm -hmm. make a point and say that's, that's not, the, that's not yeah. the way to follow God. That's not the, that's not the right decision. Yeah. So. I, I, I want to read a quote to you guys, and then there's a follow-up question to it for, um, for Jessica. But uh, it says this, Christian mothers carry their children in hostile territory. When you are in public with them, you are standing with and defending the objects of cultural dislike. You are publicly testifying that, you've, that you value what God values and that you refuse to value what the world values. You stand with the defenseless and in front of the needy. You represent everything that our culture hates because you represent laying down your life for another and laying down your life for another represents the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so, Jessica, um, how, do you, how do you navigate motherhood from a biblical standpoint when society has other expectations? Well, at our house, we're an open book. We, we try to really have great communication. My kids know that they can talk to us about anything um, and just communicating what's, what the world thinks is okay and, and what, what isn't, you know, like truth, yeah. what the Bible says, what, do it, do that. Yeah, I, mean, I think everybody here, even out here, you guys can all agree, like, our society today, our children are bombarded with so much information, 
that even information when I was growing up or we were going to, we didn't really get. And now it, there's so much they can get their hands on at any point in time in any place. And, and so trying to guide our children through that, I think open conversations is definitely, and, and talking to our kids about the things in their life is definitely um, uh, really good in that. Uh, so this is for Whitney and Jessica. Life has, is, and will always be generational. What is something that either uh, your mom or a godly uh, grandparent or just a godly woman that had motherly, you know, that was almost motherly to you, that taught you that you are now teaching or are going to teach your children? Uh, to be respectful uh, is really important. Uh, my grandmother, my mother, um, most elders that I met always instilled in us how important it was to be respectful. Uh, to be respectful to your elders, to your peers, just to everyone around you. And also, in, in addition to being respectful, to watching how you treat other people. Because you never know when you need a person and when you come encounter with a person again, where they may be, where you may be. And just try to treat people the way that you want to be treated. Mine would have to be responsibility. Um, I learned at a pretty young age that you have to be responsible for your actions and um, you have to you know, navigate and follow what's right in God's eyes and, and be responsible. And sometimes it's not the right, the right thing, but you have to be responsible in, in the wrong too. Yeah, yeah. Robin, you got anything you want to add to that? Kind of. Um, I guess I'm, I'm thinking about my grandmother. Um, she was very loving, um, and she, she thought about, she would think about other people an awful lot and um, be very serving. And so that was one of the things that, um, or two of the things that they taught me, she taught me how to um, think about other people. I think what we're seeing here is, is like we have mothers or whatever your situation is, where you come from, and, and that type of deal. But here's the thing. God places other people, godly people, in front of your life if you're connected to a church and things of that nature that can help play that role, fill that role. I tell people, like, I have a biological father and I had a spiritual father, but there were men, other men in the church that poured into my life that I felt like, you know, as a sense, were almost like fathers too. And so... I know that we all have those people in our life that we can look to and go, man, you know, I got this from them. I got, you know. And so, anyway, uh, the next question is, what do you think the church's role should be in motherhood? This is for all of you. I feel this everything. The, the church should be, the people in the church, the church itself should be everything. It's to helping us raise our children, not just mothers, fathers, whatever the situation may be. We should help one another, not bash each other, not criticize one another. We should come together. Your child is my responsibility. My child is your responsibility. Yeah, I, I like it. Kind of, I think uh, I said first service. It just made me think of this again. I didn't want to forget it, but it takes a village. You know, I, I think we all know that. You know, it's something you just can't do alone. It takes other people coming along with you in, in that walk. That's pretty awesome. Anybody else? It acts as a support group. Um, for you raising your kids, whether whether it's in a, in a hard time or in a good time, um, there are always people in the church that are there to talk to and um, just creates a, a a support system yeah. for me. Yeah, um, Robin, what do you feel like is your biggest benefit for you know, raising your children in church? 
Well, we've moved around um, and several times because of my husband's job while our boys were growing up. And um, every church we've been into, um, we've always had a small group or church family that really come alongside um, our family to support us and encourage us. Um, they would do lots of things to um, pour into our uh, children um, as they were growing. They lived by example. Um, so our boys would see them living their values and just um, did a lot with them. Um, for instance, they would come to ball games, come to their son's ball, our son's ball games, um, and lots of lots of good things like that. You know, I, I think you see in this conversation we have up here today that you will see that there's a lot of a theme here, and it's not like we specifically put this in as like well, we really want you to get plugged in somewhere, but it is important that these ladies are plugged into several different things within the church, either through small group or either through uh, our our kids area. Our North Star Kids, where all three of these ladies serve in a leadership role back there. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you're involved and you're connected to the people of God, then you make those connections with people. You get to know people that you serve with, or you get to know people through small groups that you do life with. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Uh, Whitney and Robin, this is uh, for you guys. What would you say to encourage the mom who feels defeated or struggling over where to start raising kingdom kids? Um, I would say with prayer, um, that'd be the most important thing, um, praying for your children, your, um, praying that they'll have godly friends. We started praying uh, before they were born and just prayed throughout their life, but for godly friends, godly teachers, um, prayed for anything that would pertain to their life. And we always brought them to church. That was one of the things that we did. We brought them to church to make sure that they had every, every opportunity to hear about Jesus, and we introduced uh, Jesus early to them. Um, so I guess that's yeah. one of the things that I would say. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Pray, 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 pray. Even when they, it seems like they're not listening, which they won't most of the time, continue to pray for them, continue to fuss, continue to nag. Just keep doing it. Let them know that you're there no matter what. And just people in the church, you know, bring godly people in that don't mind giving advice, that don't mind helping them out. Admit when you have an issue. Admit that you're struggling. Admit and so you can help your child a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I, I think all of those things that we look at when we talk about, um, you may be here this morning and you feel defeated and you are struggling. And, and that's the reason, hey, you know, you're not alone. You're, you're not the only one. I think if you are a parent, male or female, or whatever you are in life, there are going to be moments of struggle. There are going to be moments of doubt. There are going to be times that you feel defeated. Uh, but I think what we're here and what we want to portray is, uh, is even though that happens, we have Jesus who is in our imperfectness is perfect. And so he's where our strength comes from. He's where our moving forward comes from. And so that's the reason the people we have that these ladies have in their lives that help them through these things. And so, um, yeah, I, I totally uh, Love that. If, if you're struggling, hey, listen, you're not alone. I just want, I just want to reiterate that. Um, Whitney, this is for you. What is, what is the importance of having godly influence in your life via friends, family, or small groups? It's 
as I said before, it's everything. I, I often tell people when we moved here, it was just me and my boys. When we started coming to North Star, everyone became our family. We were so alone for years, and we came here and everyone embraced us. No one cared about what happened, what we had been through. Um, they knew we were redeemed, and to everyone, we were equal. So with the small group, my small group is my immediate family. Uh, they pick my kids up. They go take them to games. When they have issues, they talk to them. They, I lost my job. They, they helped me get a job. I mean, these are people that are selfless, helping, and being there for us. And it's, they're not saying it's not their responsibility. They feel that it is. And, it, and I'm, I'm so grateful, and no words could explain how important it is. And if you're not in a small group, it, this, this is not what this is to you get in a small group, but just to understand that I was so broken before I joined a small group. I was so ashamed. I was so hurt. And I, there's no way that I could raise my children without them. There is no way. And I would admit to it. No one ever says it's not my problem when I cry, because I am the poster child for having issues. <laughs> um, but no one ever judges me. They pray with me. They cry with me. So, so please, the church is, is, has been everything to us. I like that. Um, does anybody else have anything you want to jump in and share about that as far as like your influences here in the church, either through service in the back or however you're connected? I just love doing it. It's just become a way of life, and it fills my heart, and... I love seeing the babies in the back there. I kind of get a good fix for a baby. And so um, just be a smiling face and a comfortable fa uh, face for those kids to see. Yeah. I will say, going to the back and volunteering, that's something I never thought I would do. I have the hardest time with my own children. I don't know what I'm doing most days. I've been a mom for 13 years now, and I am struggling. <laughs> I don't know, but being there and seeing some of your kids and they talk to us. We pray with them. We pray for them. You know, if, if we need to, to invite them in or talk to you guys or if any of you need a shoulder to cry on, we're there. I can use us, utilize us because I'll use you, believe it. Yeah, I, I, I like that, that all of us kind of working together in that, that sense. Um, so kind of on the closing out here and getting ready to wrap up. Um, just a few other questions I want to ask you, and, and, and this is for everybody. Um, what's one rule that you have set that you will not budge on? No eating out of the kitchen. Uh, my oldest loves to eat out of the kitchen. Um, I guess he loves little bugs in his room, but that is my golden rule of the house, and he breaks it every single day. I love that one. Um, one that we did when the boys were growing up. This is not the one I want to answer, so I'm going to do two. Um, we always sat around the table for a meal, mostly supper at night, um, never in front of the TV. Um, that was another thing. Other kids eat in front of the TV. Mom, can't we eat in front of the TV tonight? No. We're going to sit down at the table because that's the time where we can... Um, talk and discuss and
get to know more about each other and each other's day. But anyway, that's not the real I was to talk about. The real I wanted to talk about was uh, coming to church. We always had that rule of coming to church. On Sunday, if you were sleeping at home, you were going to be at church. Um, even today, when the kids come home and they're 30, well, the oldest is 30, um, they know if they're home on a Sunday morning, then we're going to go to church. And um, so that's a rule. If they spent the night with a, a friend that didn't attend church, um, we would go and pick him up before church, and he just, they just always knew that. But that's one of our rules is to attend church. We love it. I like both of those. I wish I was more, like, strict on yours, Whitney, but I'm not. It doesn't work. Um, my kids are going to be at church. That is one of our rules. But another major rule at our house is um, honesty. Um, Trey and I have a, have a, some people think it's crazy. You be honest, you tell the truth about anything, and us together as a family will work through it. We might not be happy about it. We might be disappointed, but... Um, always come to us to talk and, and have an open relationship where they can talk to us about anything and we can get through anything together. Uh, I mean, I, I think those are, are solid rules that any of us could use at any point in time. And I always remembered that we had, in my household, had the did miss church. I remember being 18 and like laying in bed like, I'm not going to church today. And for some weird reason, I was in church. I don't know how it happened. Um, I think it was because I was getting money and I liked having a roof over my head and I liked eating. <laughs> Uh, and, and I, I want to kind of jump off of that onto this for you guys because I want you guys to get this. Parents, if you're here, um, until they move out of your house, they don't have a choice. In, in other words, they need to be in church. I thank my dad every day that he made me go even at the times that I didn't want to. Even when I had a job and a car, church was never missed. And so I want to encourage you as parents to be diligent in making them be involved in church, get them in church, keep them going to church. And so, uh, because I think as parents, and hey, listen, this will hurt a little bit. Parents, you need to be in church more often too. Or dads, you need to be in church more often too because they are watching everything that we do. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. All right. All right, here we go. What's the hardest part? of being a mother watching your children struggle with something and know that you can't interfere or it's better for them if you didn't interfere and fix it um, and then sometimes they fail at whatever they're doing but that's the hardest thing for me is to watch them struggle that is the absolute hardest part you seeing the path that they're choosing and you know it's not right and you're telling them over and over again what to do and what they should do, and they do the complete opposite. It is the hardest thing to let go and just allow that to happen because you know they have to learn on their own. That is definitely the hardest, um, ultimately. Um, but there's also just those random days where kitchen sinks piling up and laundry's piling up and... Somebody's got to go to baseball and somebody's got to go to golf. And, I mean, just the craziness of everyday life. I mean, that is struggle. Like, them, watching them struggle is so hard, but then yourself struggling too and, and, and asking for help from them. Or... Yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's ask a positive note question. What, what's the best part about being a mother? 
tucking them in at night and them kissing you 20 times and they just can't get enough. And I'm on the good side of motherhood, the very fabulous side. They're grown and <laughs> I mean, they all have jobs, they're working. And I mean, it's, it's really good there. And you see them um, attending church um, without me telling them to. I mean, they go. So that's, that's really good. You see them um, become adults that serve others, that love others. Um, yeah, that's really good. When they actually acknowledge something you've done, when they let you know that they appreciate you, which doesn't happen often, but they let you know that they appreciate something. They say thank you, or you didn't have to do it. I love you, Mommy. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 5, 15. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I've been sitting here trying to hold my finger in this place the whole time, and I'll be darned when I got ready to do it. I took my finger out and lost my place. I, I knew it was going to happen, too, the whole time. Um, Ephesians 5.15 says this. Look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And so I, I think this applies to all of us that we make every opportunity to walk in wisdom, uh, to, to try and be wise in the things that we do, uh, not only in our own lives, but a, as we parent our children and mothers, to be wise in the things of God. And so how do you become wise in a lot of these ways? Is one is you just need to be in a constant conversation with God through prayer. You need to be in, your, be in the Word. You need to be in the Bible daily. And, and what happens is, is when we're in God's Word, there's a wisdom that we get and that we have in our hearts and our lives and the Holy Spirit uses to work within us. And then what happens is when these times come where we need wisdom uh, to sit down and talk with our children and things that are going, my wife and I went to a conference a while back and one of the guys who was speaking on fatherhood, and he was one of the things he said that really stuck out to me is he said that his son had, had dropped the F word. And he said that his first response was to fly into the bedroom and just go all helicopter bailed on him. And, and, but then he thought to himself, you know, no. And so he walked into his son's room and he sat down and he told him a story about when he cussed out his brother and how his mother hurt him. And then he talked about how he knew that he needed a Savior as much as his son needed a Savior for his sins. And a lot of times as parents we get on this high horse, but listen, we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we need to let our kids know that we're sinners in need of a Savior, and so are they. And that, that stuck with me of, man, instead of like, I'm better than my child, I am a sinner in need of a Savior the same as he is. And, and so that, I just wanted to share that as we grow in wisdom then those moments when we're with our kids, that's what's going to happen. We're going to have those moments where wisdom comes in. Uh, and so that only happens by being in, in God's Word. So um, give some practical examples um, of this verse in the application of biblical motherhood. So that verse on being wise, tell us something that how that looks to you guys as a mother. Well... Uh, they, they watch us. Children watch us constantly. And so we have to set an example for them. Um, for instance, when, when I do something wrong, I 
And, and I know this is easier said than done. It's hard to apologize. It's hard to tell, the, tell your child, hey, I messed up. I did something wrong. But that's, to me, that, that's a big thing. That's, that's a way to show them that um, you've acknowledged your mistake. And it's just being a good example. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Leading by example. Uh, even if we are adults, we can always say, well, I'm grown. I can do this. But they're watching everything. Yeah. They watch everything, even the smallest things, the way you cook, the way you clean the bathroom, all of these things, they're watching it. They look up to you. You are what they see every day. So, and we all slip up. But like Robin said, you know, apologizing and letting them know or, you know, repenting in front of, letting them know that we're not perfect and we are still sinners. We apologize a good bit to our kids. So, well, we have to do that regularly, but um, definitely um, being open, let them know that every, we're all broken, we're all imperfect, and um, just again, together we can, yeah, together with the prayer and, and, and with faith and following God, we can, we can get through anything. Yeah, I, I love that. A few weeks ago, my wife sent me a text, and she said, I'm so done with her attitude. And so I thought she was talking about my oldest child. So I called her on her phone, and I lit into her. You get attitude? She's like, but Daddy, I was like, you hush your mouth. And the whole time, she's like, I ain't done nothing. And I just basically chewed her out. And my wife called me. She's like, you got the wrong daughter. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Parent of the ward year right here. But, you know, and, but I had to go and apologize. So hey, I, I, I love that. Being able to apologize to your kids is pretty hard because, you know, we want them to think we know everything. Okay. Uh, last question for you guys. Uh, what's the verse that you lean on during those crazy days when you're ready to quit? For me, it's Proverbs 22, 6. Is that the right address? <laughs> Just because <laughs> it's, uh, I, can, I can say it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've used that promise from day one. Well, day one, they were perfect, but a little bit later, when I would throw my hands up, or I'd heard the last, why do I have to do this? Um, they, I would go back and think about what God said, train him up like you want me to, and when he's older, he'll come back to me. And that's exactly what has happened. God has really blessed, and that's exactly what's happened. He's kept his promise. Mine is Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will straighten your path. The last few months, turning 13, has been hard on my family. Um, I have no need to be secretive because we need each other. And my son has been going on a quick downward spiral. And I have been trying to dictate every move that he's making, trying to choose his friends for him and telling him this and telling him that. I've been praying for him, but I have been trying to do these things myself. Well, this morning he wrote me a Mother's Day card because, of course, he couldn't afford to go to the store to buy anything. And he told me that he sees everything that I do. He's watching what I'm doing. He knows that I'm doing the right thing. He knows that everything I do, I'm doing for him. But he's going to make his own decisions and that I can't choose his friends. And that was the hardest thing. But God gave me some peace because I've been trying to work this out myself and I can't do it. And he said to Whitney, 
he's going to have to see for himself. He's not there yet. I'm going to keep praying for him, and I want all of you to pray for him too because it's all of our responsibilities. If I see your child doing something wrong, I'm going to check them. If you see mine doing something, check them. And then send them to me, and I'll check them too. <laughs> um, my favorite Bible verse is um, Joshua 24:15. It's, um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And no matter how hard the day's been, no matter how stressful the day's been, um, we're going to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our house and, and, and do that out, out in church and other places. Keep uh, pushing forward. That's awesome. Hey, listen, we've had a glimpse and a look into the lives of these three mothers. Y'all give them a hand real quick uh, for being willing to just come and share and open their hearts. So, ladies, y'all can go ahead. Y'all, one more time. Y'all give them a hand one more time. Uh, all three of them were just, they talked about how nervous they were about coming and standing in front of people. And I kind of like welcome to my world. And uh, so, uh, listen, real quick, I, I want to do something here in a minute. I want to pray for those of you in the room uh, that you're here and you know that you do not have Christ in your heart. And because, and I know that seems well, so weird, we were just talking about motherhood. You're probably here. I would almost guarantee that there are some people in this room that are only here today because Mama asked you to come. I would almost put money on it that Mama's been praying for you because Mama wants you to meet Jesus. And so I would almost bet that you're here because of a mother's prayer. And I'll tell you something else too. Maybe you've got Christ and a mother's been praying for you for you to come back home and to get back to where you know where you need to be. And, and I know your mother's been praying for that, but I want to pray for you in this. Because missional motherhood is something that uh, is a mother who is living for Jesus and for Christ and is missional in the way that she raises her children. She's missional in the way that she's uh, with her uh, husband. She, she's missional. And so before you leave today, mothers, everybody's, every mother's going to get a copy of this book which is called Missional Motherhood. And because and, and, we want to be a church full of mothers who are about the mission of Jesus. And so I pray that you take this book and that you read it and continue and keep praying for your children. Continue to keep praying for your husbands and that God will do something miraculous. I love what Robin said when she was talking about her favorite verse and about training them up so when they're older they will not depart from it. Maybe this morning you're at that stage in your life where you're older and you're at that point now to where you either need to come back or you need to ask Christ into your heart. So if you're here this morning and you're lost, I want to do something real quick. First, I want to tell you how you can ask Christ into your heart. The words I'm fixing to say are mine, and I'm just giving you an example. But what it is, it's a conversation between you and God. It's not a repeat and recite what I say. It's a conversation that you yourself...
yourself personally have with Jesus. And we do that by simply admitting that we are sinners. That we know that we are apart from Christ and we are sinners. And then once we've admitted that we're sinners, knowing that we need a Savior Jesus to take our sins away from us and be willing to believe that He died on a cross and rose again on the third day to forgive us of our sins and to give us an opportunity to go to heaven. But you just have to admit that you're a sinner, believe that Christ died, and then all you have to do is simply cry out to Him and say, Father, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, and save me. And that's my prayer for you this morning, is if you do not know Jesus, that you will have a conversation with God this morning. The creator of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows the thoughts that are in your head right now. He knows every single thing about you. The Creator wants to have a conversation with you. Wants you to come and be a part of His family, His kingdom. And so I'm going to pray for you if you're lost, that you will pray this prayer. And then there's a second type of people here. You're away from God been running you know where you're supposed to be you know what you're supposed to be doing but you're running and so my prayer for you is that you come home that you just simply say God forgive me I'm turning from this sin that's in my life I'm getting away from the sin in my life God I'm coming home that's my prayer for you if you're here and that's you this morning Father God I pray right now for those that are in this room God, if they need to ask you into their heart, that they will just simply have that conversation. God, that they will just cry out to you and admit that they're a sinner. Believe that you died on the cross for them. God, just to commit their lives to you. Father, for those who are away from you, I pray that they can just turn from their sin and come back home. Father, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you guys to stand. Um, Something I want to share with you real quick before we close, and we continue to sing, and we continue to worship. In 2 Timothy, Paul's talking to Timothy about, basically, think back on the things that your mother and your grandmother have taught you. And so there's this picture of a missional mother and a missional grandmother that Timothy has to pull from. And I just want to encourage you, if your mom has influenced you in any way and has played a part, think back on those things and get back to what you know that you're supposed to be doing. Don't forget, mamas, when you leave, to grab you one of these books fixing to pray that as these books leave this place today that there will be families that are forever changed there will be children that will forever be changed because we're just diligent to be missional on what God has asked us to do let's pray Father we love you 
I thank you so much for today. I pray as we continue to sing your praise and worship you that you will receive all the glory. God, I pray that you will pry on the hearts of those that are resisting. God, I pray that you will not allow them to rest. God, I pray that you will speak to them this morning. In Jesus' name, 